Hey everyone, I'm Dahlia. And I'm Alma. This is Nightmare on Fifth Street, a horror movie podcast. I had to hold my laugh because y'all I forgot <laughs> I forgot how we start these that's the best thing we're you asked yourself for, yeah we, we're <laughs> back from a break with this is season five now uh season five we're doing completely movies uh pre-1960 but I'm sitting here like an idiot I'm like I forgot how we start these Oh yeah! Like, how do I start? I say this? my name. <laughs> I say my name. Like that's so complex, dude. I love that so much for you. You did it. You know, you I remembered did it. it. <laughs> it's so okay because uh, I felt so dumb when we were um, discussing the last movie with Trace and Joe from Horror Queers, and um, we're gonna guest on that and. It, you're going to really see the dumb side of me because I like added nothing intelligent to that conversation. But when they ask for our socials, that's the thing that I do. Like at the end, Dahlia always asks me to share our socials and I just drew a blank. I drew a blank and I, and I made one up, which was just the podcast, our podcast name. And it's not our podcast name. It's nightmare movie podcast. That is the official like email. We go to our I website. I was great though. But it was so they sweet. let me do it like two or three times. I can't remember. And I still forgot <laughs> one of the things. And I was like, Talia, just take it away. Like Johnny Carson. <laughs> is it Johnny Carson? Johnny Canales. That's who used to do Johnny it. Canales take it away. It. <laughs> oh my god that was so funny though because yeah they're professionals they like they will take takes like if they didn't say it right they'll pause and they'll be like okay um all right edit that out or whatever and then they'll do it and it sounds it's so professional you know they edit professionally and and we just yeah we flub we flub <laughs> You're gonna honestly hear it all. it's it's really thanks um to listening to a lot of the listeners and us as listeners to podcasts, I decided because in the beginning and with, you know, taking so long to edit because I was being so brutal on myself to the point where I couldn't even listen to myself. And then Dahlia would do it. And then I'd come back and I'd spend hours like trying to get the little, the little hiccup out of the sound of my throat. And now we're just like, if we need to edit something out, we'll just say, let's, let's edit that out. But for the most part, this is just un, you know, unscripted, un, you know, edited conversation about movies yeah, and, sorry, guys. <laughs> sorry about that. Yeah, but you know, you did say something really special. We're here because we are discussing pre nineteen sixties horror. Yes, and See, I'm not going to edit uh, that whoop whoop out. <laughs> no, that is going to leave that in there. It's a perfect sound effect. But we were trying to decide what movies, and I found so many nineteen sixties movies that. That's yeah. why we're very specific. We're going to do. We'll do that later because there's so many. We couldn't narrow it down. Y'all, and Dalen, we're not even yeah. going to do 1960. We're doing pre-1960. Actually, pre. realistically, we could have done a season on each decade, but we wanted to yeah. spread it out a little bit. So all these movies are going to be pre-1960. And Alma, what movie are we discussing today? We are discussing the original House of Wax from the year 1953. Ooh, uh, uh, uh. That okay, is a great sound effect. Can you make sure to add a little echo? I, I, that wasn't necessary. That I was will good. edit that out. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> House of Wax, 1953, not the 2005 version, which we will discuss at the end of this episode, but uh, that way we can compare and contrast. Compare and contrast, that's the like same thing, isn't it? Yeah, compare and contrast. No, it's... it's. Oh, no, it's different. It's different. Yeah, it's compare and contrast. Yeah. Yeah, okay. It's okay. been a while since I did English we, 101. <laughs> yes, and we have decided that we're just going to roll with it. Uh, we don't know English phrases. We um, are <laughs> we just... Make up. Ma- we, we make them up. We make them up. up. <laughs> 
we say things wrong. Um, I, I was feel, trying to remember. I feel like this is our first season. Like we're having to explain to people, but just so that you, <laughs> just so that y'all get it, we we mm-hmm. love talking about movies, and we decided, you know, we're just going to talk about movies, and and we're just going to uh, do that. Like uh, we're all sitting around talking like friends, which we are, you know. Yes, look, break out your cup of coffee. I have my giant, hugest my head ass mug. She and does. it I is a killer clowns. I, have, I don't know I have why we're showing, we're showing it to you all. Oh, like yeah. You all can see we're holding them up and showing, <laughs> showing you. <all>. Check out <laughs> this. Anyway, uh, yeah, so I, I'm, we're going to get, we, we're caffeinated. Dali is already always pre-caffeinated. I've never seen you not caffeinated. Yeah, I have to I, pre-caffeinate I, before we come on. I don't want to be, uh, I don't want to be like the, the gloomy bug. See, I might have made that mm-hmm. up. Okay, I've been up All for right. hours and moving like a slug, so let's get on. <laughs> let's get on to House of Wax 1953. The taglines for this movie are uh, stupendous. Okay, so we got one that's the ultimate dimension in terror, exclamation point. Um, you've never been scared until you've been scared in 3D. I don't know why I'm saying it like that. Beauty that's and how terror. it was written. Yeah. Beauty and terror meet in your seat as every thrill of its story comes off the screen right at you in natural vision, three dimension. So, yeah, as you can see, this movie was originally shot for 3D. And we'll talk more about that later. But Alma, tell us who directed, who wrote this, and let's get started on the actors. All right. It, this was written by Crane Wilbur and Charles Belden. It is directed by Andre de Toth. Um, our main players, our key players, Vincent Price. Oh, ooh, clapping in the background. Hooray. As Professor Henry Jarrett, Roy Roberts as Matthew Burke, Phyllis Kirk as Sue, Carolyn Jones as Kathy, Paul Persini as Scott Andrews, Paul Cavanaugh as Sidney Wallace, Frank Lovejoy as Detective Lieutenant Tom Brennan, and Charles Bronson as Igor. Yes, that Charles Bronson. Um, mm. And also, um, just so y'all, if this is your first time listening to our podcast, I apologize in advance, but I will not remember any of these names. So they're going to no. be, yeah, they're going to be whatever they were doing at the time that I remember them. They're going to be that person. The person. Can I playing, say this? Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say this real quick. How do people tell each other apart in these movies? You're going to have a really hard time. I, I, I'm I'm going to have to really help my sister out here because I would lose track of the people that were talking because they all dress the same. Like they, They're this, all dressed the same and there's so many characters in this movie, which yes. is great because it adds to the story. But there's so many characters that I, that yeah, I, yeah forget about it. I'm not going to remember anybody's name. Okay, mm-hmm. so I found this on Prime Video. So if you have a Prime subscription, that's where it was. No, I had to pay for it. Never mind. I rented this. Forget it. <laughs> yeah, I rented it too. Okay. And uh-huh. occasionally I've seen it because I watched it last year um, and it was somewhere streaming or it might have been the year before, but it definitely goes in and out of where it's streaming. And this one was hard for me to yeah. find because when I do the search, it uh-huh. didn't pull up. I had to go directly and look yeah. for it on Prime, which is Yeah, weird. and usually these movies you can find on Turner Classic Movies. I think it's what it's called now, Turner Classic Movies. Um, but... Yeah, renting it. I'm sure you can find it for like free on on YouTube too. Um, All right. So the short summary of this movie, an associate burns down a wax museum with the owner inside, but he survives the owner only to become vengeful and murderous. So yeah, let's go ahead and get into it. Alma, first thoughts. Had you seen this movie before? Uh, Yes, I have. Yes, I've, I've seen this movie before. Um, I paid attention to it when I was younger, really closely. I loved Vincent Price because of Scooby-Doo. I thought he was the coolest person for being a cartoon character and loaning his voice to that. Um, I think it was several episodes that I saw him a movie and whatnot. But anyway, yeah, Vincent Price. And so, but I always kind of got it confused, which we'll discuss later with a couple of other movies. It's really hard to keep track of some of these sometimes because of remakes that are loosely based on these movies and whatnot. So yeah, I watched it again and really enjoyed it. Um, I originally watched this also when I was little, although Alma can attest to this, I easily forget a movie that I just watched. So like 
I could have watched the movie next week. I mean, last week. And then I have to watch it again this week to remember details or things about it. So when I watched it when I was younger, uh, rewatching it now, I was remembering only like little glimpses of scenes. Like I remember uh, Vincent Price's gait after he... Um, after he was injured in the fire, the way he walked. So I remember that kind of vividly. Um, I remembered a couple of other scenes um, of the wax in the wax museum. And we'll talk about this in a little bit, but when the wax um, figures were melting, so I remembered like things like that. But as far as the, the plot and everything, I had completely forgotten all that. So I really, really enjoyed um, seeing this movie again. I enjoyed being able to see, oh, 3D. <laughs> That's what me and Alma yell. We will, when it's a 3D movie that you're not watching in 3D, we'll shout 3D at the parts. You can, where you can tell. 3D. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. great. Um, so yeah, I did, I did enjoy watching this movie again. And I would, re- this is a movie where I feel like it'd been a while since I watched it. So I didn't remember it all that much. But now that I remember it, this movie that I, I see myself rewatching again over and over because it's just fun. It's fun. Yes. Though it it begins. And if you notice it, the way that they're dressed is not of the fifties because it's one of the comments. One of my kids said it was like, that's how they dress. No, they didn't. Uh, It's set in early 1900s in New York city. Uh, Professor Henry Jared, who's played by Vincent Price is a talented sculptor who runs a wax museum and they show him in his like, wax laboratory and he is lovingly speaking to his art he's an artist and they're trying to show that he is like very caring and very artistic just like very like not very not eccentric I wouldn't say but into his work and loves it and he has a partner who he's gone into but that guy is like you're not making enough money for me we need to do something about this. And um, Professor Jared is like, don't worry, I'm going to meet with some investors. And they show up and he's talking to them, but they're like, yes, we love you. You, This is amazing. We can get you set up, but not until I come back in three months. And his partner is overhearing. And his of partner course the wants out now. His partner mm-hmm. wants out now because he mm-hmm. needs the money. He wants the money, whatever reason. And Vincent Price is like, cool your horses, dude. It'll happen. Yeah. It'll happen in three Chill months. those horses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in so, three months' time, I will come a knocking. Um, yeah. He, it's just like, you know, in three months. But he's like, the partner's like, nah. And right away, you're like, oh, shit. Shenanigans are about to start here. Yeah. He's going to shenanigan. And he decides, hey, I'm not going to wait three months, but let's go have Z's on this place. Let's burn this shit to the ground. And we will divvy up this 25,000 insurance policy that I have on this place. And he says 25,000, right? And later on, we learn that's not that he lied about the amount of money. Oh, did we? Oh, I remember that. Well, it was very subtle. But so the thing is that this is his plan. He's just going to go around with matches. And obviously, like wax stuff melts very easily. And he just starts setting these fires around the place when Vincent Price is like, no, this is my art. Why wouldn't he have a plan to maybe burn it down later? Because that's what the man earns a living off of. No, he starts setting fire to his his wax. In front of him. In front yes. of him. And, and he looks so hilarious running around setting with his little uh-huh. match. Uh, I mean, his little lighter running around setting fire to like different pieces around the place. He's smart. I know this is horrible, but that partner, he was smart. He, he used accelerant. He ran around doing it to different parts, not just one. Uh, I do want to say real quick that 25000 in 1900s. Now, this movie said early 1900s, but I'm doing this in 1900, is worth about $902,000 yeah, of today's money. So that's a lot Dude, I would have taken that. I know. I was about to say, I would have oh, totally shit. taken that shit. He it's could like, start again. It's like, dude, yes, he... give me the lighter. <laughs> I'll start the Okay. Fire. If you if you think that he went halvesies on this business, he maybe he put in 12 and a half thousand because if he's saying halvesies, we will just, we're not going to lose any money. Then he is going to be able to build, do it. Uh, just, just do it. I would totally do it. This I mean, is he very... likes doing it anyways. He likes making these wax figures. Yeah, he's not like he's going like, to hey, stop. Exactly. I'll keep doing it. I'll just start over. It's not a big and deal. <laughs> everything was super flammable back then. Everything was made out of paper and, I don't know, trees. Aren't they still made out of trees? I don't know. It was very flammable. 
<laughs> it was very <laughs> flammable. Um, so yeah, he's lighting everything on fire, and uh, fire! Vincent Price, his, Vincent Price is fighting him, and of course he's not gonna he's not gonna take this lying down. Um, so he's there, he's there. They got into a pretty good fight. I mean, this is a really good fight. I don't know. Uh, how, I love it. How they did this so close to fire because this was real. They fire got burned. They were oh, did yeah. they? They, they this did. Was, this was real <laughs> fire. They were around. And there's one part where the the partner finally leaves because uh, he's done. He's done a really good job. I mean, he should be a professional fire starter, you know, like Drew Barrymore or something, um, because he set fire to that place to where there was no saving it. Vincent fire Price, starter. Yeah, Vincent <laughs> Price got knocked out and he's laying like right next to a fire if it's not touching him it's very close to touching him but he was supposed to be knocked out in this part and he finally wakes up and then we're engulfed in fire and you see the you see the fire truck the fire horses <laughs> roll up the fire. <laughs> <laughs> they come so clacking up the cobblestone how did, they, yeah, how did they expect to put out any they, fires with that little thing how are they putting out fires? buckets like in the Mickey Mouse cartoons, they got buckets and they're tossing <laughs> on the fire. A little bit of trivia uh, about this that I made up for my husband was I told him that this was all filmed in the original Matter of Tussauds Museum. <laughs> so if he repeats that, that's not true. But a little bit of real trivia you didn't about correct the fire. Never, yourself? never. I throw in fake I'm trivia. Sure, you with know the what? Real I'm stuff. sure he looked it up. I'm sure he looked it up and knows that's not true. This is. This, it's a skill, Dahlia. What you do is you give real trivia that sounds almost absurd, and then you give fake shit that just sounds regular and that nobody would bother to investigate. So the fires that they set, three main fires in this at that time, Vincent Price is sweating. You can see the sweat dripping down his face. Uh, the Technicolor, whatever they used, you could really see their makeup now because of the way that they've edited it for us to be able to view it now and remastered it. And he singed his eyebrows off because he was so close to the fire, but also they got so out of control. What ended up happening was uh, the three fires merged into one huge fire, which quickly went out of control and was burning down the stage that they used for the setup and for this particular scene. So the director kept filming to ensure that he didn't lose any of that good footage because otherwise they would have had to shut it down and rebuild the stage and then do the fire scene again. So he just, this is real fire out of control up until the point where the uh, fire brigade, that sounds right, shows up and they threw their buckets and their horses on the fire to put it up. For so because we have to double check because Alma's known for giving fake trivia. Is this real? Because you don't. Hey, if you make our listeners run around telling this story and it's not even true, they're gonna, no, they're gonna come. They're gonna come at you. No, that one's the real one. That's that's the real trivia. I'm always proud of knowing about the fire that gets out of control because we're always discussing that the fight scenes are so intense and they look realistic because they're not using stunt doubles most of the time here. They are they're swinging at each other. It's really them. If it's them rolling on the ground, it's really them. And these days you would never see a, an actor that close to a fire unless they like signed up for to be the stunt double because stunt, of injury. Yeah. Yeah, and so person would be the one that you see that that's I mean, um, also another reason that they kept filming uh, was specifically because it would have been very hard to do those wax figures again. So, um, I mean, we like for all the reasons Alma said, but those wax figures like because they get in close shots of those wax figures. And I want to say real quick that the wax figures look like close ups of Barbie dolls getting melted. They looked exactly like Barbie dolls before Barbie dolls were Barbie dolls. No, actually, maybe. I don't know when Barbie came out. I'm not going to look it up. (laughs) 1946. uh, Yeah, that sounds right. Okay. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) But it looked like that's how that's how much detail was in them. They look like Barbie dolls um, melting and they got really close up shots of everything. I I don't know if that was supposed to be 3D. 3D. Anyway, maybe some of the fire was too. One of the uh, first things that I, uh, this re- this is why I remembered that it was 3D was because during this fight, the business partner throws something and I thought it was a shoe. I don't know what he throws, but it comes directly towards the camera. And then I'm like, 3D, oh my gosh, it was in 3D. I completely forgot. This was one of the first, well, I think it was the first American made 3D film 
not the first uh, uh, 3D film, but also the director was blinded one eye. So you know how you, they use the red and the green glasses? He couldn't see the 3D at all. So he was shooting this movie knowing it's going to be in 3D, but couldn't appreciate? I don't know. I don't know how well it was back then, but 13 Ghosts I thought was fun with the 3D. This one really didn't play into it as much. Was there a point where you thought it was like really like, wow, that would have been amazing in 3D? I there is one there is one point specifically that I thought was really would have been really great in 3D, but we'll we'll talk to that about that when we come to it. Now we see the partner. He's living his best life over here because uh Vincent Price's body was never found. So he's like, hee hee, he's dead in the fire, which is horrible. Because not only was he okay. He's a murderer. With, yeah, he was totally okay with the place burning down, but now he's a murderer and he's like having no issues with that whatsoever. And he's sitting down with this really beautiful woman. Her name is Kathy. And um, he's practically giggling about the fact that he's going to get this money. And she's like, she's she's sweet, but she's also obviously only with him for the money because he did not have any scruples. I'm saying things and I think they're sayings and I think I'm using them correctly. But anyways, it, he's obviously not a great guy. And she's probably thinking to herself like, uh, I'm just going to use him for his money because this guy's a total idiot. Um, and that's not a bad thing. She knew. She knew. They talked this... about it later. <laughs> Uh-huh. What what I find interesting about the girlfriend character is she, she's doing a voice, but she has a very striking silhouette. And um, then I'm like, why do I always forget Carolyn Jones? Carolyn Jones plays the girlfriend. She is of the Adams family. And there's a part where they're like doing up her, what is that thing called? That faja that she wears that's real tight. You pull it. It's a corset. It's a corset. Uh, and they're pulling it real tight. And as soon as they're doing that, I'm like, oh, shit, that's the chick from <laughs> the chick, the chick from Adam's family. And she doesn't have a big part. Oh, she has, I think, a very important part, important part. Mm -hmm. um, so the partners, like I said, giggling about getting the money. Um, OK, now you said how much is the check? Because you said it wasn't twenty five thousand. I thought he got fifty thousand back. So I thought he was trying to lie about how much money to um jared well, that makes sense he said twenty five thousand each oh i thought he said half okay you're right he did say half twenty five thousand yeah. okay okay yeah. so he got fifty thousand because the guy's dead <laughs> so okay so they part ways and then we see somebody dun, 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 decides to fucking kill him and make it look like a Oh, I should have spoiler alerted this. Sorry. Or uh, trigger warning this. But um, he kills him and he makes it look like a suicide. Um, we know it wasn't, but that's the way it's meant to look. And that's it. Later on, we see that the body is taken to the morgue, which is just mm -hmm. full. I was wondering how they kept that. I guess that was supposed to be a cold room because in the, in the, in the morgue, you know, usually you're used to seeing it like these little rollout drawers where they're keeping all the mm -hmm. bodies cold, but this was an open room and there's so many bodies in there. How are they keeping them? I don't know. I was thinking. Well, there now we, they're, they're cold rooms. Yeah. But back then in the old timeies, they didn't even have electricity or coldness AC. That's what I, I don't mean. know. That's what I mean. Were they just sitting there, you know, you know, not. I don't think they cold. had air conditioning in the 1900s. No, I don't know anything I'm about past. Were, I was wondering if they're keeping it cold because I believe refrigerators were already stuck coming. Like, well, obviously for the rich, I think the uh, freezers were ice boxes. In. Yeah, because yeah. they just put big, huge chunks of ice, is probably what they had. Um, yeah. Let's say that's yeah, what's I, happening. I was just mm -hmm. sitting there wondering, like, how do they keep that place cold? You I know. But anyways, there was this mm -hmm. room full of all these corpses, and somebody goes in there and they steal the partner's body. Why are they stealing his body? I thought so they can hide that it was a murder because if they if they investigate a little more, I thought maybe that was it. We'll see in a little. I thought it why. was necrophiliacs because. I think, I don't know who's watching the movie with me. Ew. And they were like, why did people, but it's true. They used to steal the bodies because they were evil. Like well, bad people would steal bodies to do nefarious things with them. Well, yeah, I was going to say, um, also they would, uh, um, what was the one thing? Oh, um, it's in the tip of my tongue. Uh, medical, medical people needed the bodies. Uh, 
so they used to pay grave robbers and stuff like that to steal the bodies and bring it to them so they would be able to teach a room full of doctors um Mm -hmm. all that stuff so yeah okay so there's different reasons that they could have stolen it instead of me yeah wondering like what it's old tiny days they didn't even investigate oh the body disappears um did you that you mentioned it in the beginning when we started talking about the movie the way that he's skulking about and it is it always kind of uh, reminds me of phantom of the opera the way that he is moving about and he has that long cape he's really cool he's like badass as his alter like pissed but off he's self evil. <laughs> but you know what he wasn't evil to begin with he wasn't a no. bad dude to begin with um and well you know what which is it uh what is it uh uh, nature versus environment. I forget how you're supposed to say that. But was he always evil and his evil side was going to come out? Or was he only evil because his partner did this horrible thing to him? Because he's going to end up killing people that didn't deserve to get killed. So right there, it's like, I don't feel bad for him anymore. Yeah, so he kills the girlfriend. And it's like, why? <laughs> I mean... It was it was strange that he just went to murdering, but I think it's been like three months, right, or something like that. And it's been a bit because she's she seemed to be doing okay, and she was able to talk about it without you know feeling weird. I guess the way I saw it, she didn't mm-hmm. she she didn't feel affected by it anymore. So she's telling her friend um, Sue Allen. I don't remember. Yeah, I'm not going to remember the friend's <laughs> name. But Kathy <laughs> is talking to her friend as she's getting ready. And this is the part where Alamo is talking about the corset. Um, God, geez, though, how tight they got that thing. You saw her using her feet and pulling away from mm. her. And, and that was you could see that was real. That was she ended up getting this tiny little waist. I mean, y'all have seen corsets before. It was ridiculous. And she kept telling her to cinch it to cinch it. And then she walks out with this tiny little waist. Poor thing. I wonder if she could breathe. But she seemed to be talking just fine. But oh, mm-hmm. my God, that's that looked horrible. Um, I guess they had to do it because that's of the time. But they should have just not shown that scene. So that poor lady didn't have to do it. Because <laughs> it was it was horrible how tiny she got her waist. Um, but anyway, she's talking to her friend about she's going to go meet someone. And then she leaves. And then later on, when the friend comes up to the room, she finds her she finds Kathy, this is the one that had dated the partner for a little bit. She finds her dead, but she doesn't just find her friend dead in her bed. That rhymed. Alma, who else does she find? She finds Jared, but he's like not himself anymore. Like because he is dead to the world. Did he change his name or something? It's like, no, you're not dead. No, he didn't. He just keeps his name, but they declared him dead in order to collect the insurance. But he was still in the room because he had killed her and he intended to steal her body. But Sue Allen sees him and she just, you know, what if he was just there like a friend and she yells and screams because he has a lot of burns on his face. Then he should have just said, whoa, whoa, I'm a friend instead of chasing her while she's running for her life. So she could have been like, come back, come back. You know, he could have said no, but he could have said anything and he didn't. She fucking bolts man she jumps out of the second story she's shimmy down <laughs> she's running in her heels she's amazing she's like a like a world-class athlete here um i mean when she jumped out of that window and started to shimmy down and everything i'm like and she's wearing a dress she's dressed mm-hmm. of the 1900s and she, and these heels in the cobblestone i could not believe how, how well she was doing um she did have to take breaks though, because she was probably wearing a corset as well, and that made, <laughs> that made and five layers of clothes, right? So Vincent Price was able to catch up to her quite a bit, and then she'd run, get at a running start, and then she'd have to take a break, and he would catch up to her. Um, I only mention that because he has this very particular gait about himself; he can't run. Um, so that's why I guess they showed the corset earlier, so we can be reminded: Hey, she's wearing a corset, so she has to take breaks. Rather than us, every time we watch horror movies, is why don't they just keep running? Why are they tripping? Well, they gave us a reason. She's wearing a corset and she has high heels on cobblestone. <laughs> so she finally makes it to a friend's house and they let her in and she tells them, oh, my friend is dead and um, and this man is chasing me, the murderer. So they end up they end up going to the police the next day because that's a thing. You can wait a whole 
nice yeah. to go and tell the police about what happened. But the police officer did say, like, why didn't you come to us or why didn't you tell us this last night? <laughs> and then the one of the, the lady of, uh, that had took them in, the friends, like, well, she was in no state to do that. So, um, so her yeah, friend. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in no state to, like, get up and go outside. I'm going to use that. I'm in no state to do that. But um, speaking of the, the friend, yeah. Scott Andrews, that's the home that they go to. Yeah. I They they list him as a friend. Friend. Who's the lady? That's the mom of the friend. The mom of the friend? Yeah. Okay. She was very nice. Yeah, she okay. was. She was I just, very nice. Okay. I, I, didn't, I didn't understand the relationship because they just listed his friend and they show her going with him. But I don't know if because of the time she can't say that's her boyfriend. Well, but, they say friend because she uses the word friend a lot, that he's a friend. I'm thinking a friend that could be, you know, eventually a relationship. So they're kind of courting, but not really. Um, yeah, exactly. But he is a friend and she, she felt comfortable enough to find his house. I guess she was running there the whole time. I didn't realize this because I mm-hmm. don't think she just randomly came upon this house. Um, but the next day... Um, Oh, yeah, yeah. What happens to the gaslighting cops? The gaslighting cops are like, yeah. la, 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 la. But um, they, now we see Jared is talking to a new business partner, a new business partner. Was that the part you're going to talk about next? No, I was talking about how the, the body got stolen. This body. Got oh, stolen yes. Too. Yes. Her body gets stolen, uh, you know, and that's why I thought nefarious purposes. The thing is that they don't really do much investigating. I mean, what, what are you going to do? The body's missing, but it's sad and weird. It's really weird. Like if a body is yeah. missing, like the, the, the family. And obviously this is why it, it's always been in the movies and the way that men are from the history of time, uh-huh. gaslighting the woman. She says she saw this man who was disfigured on, and she gave a description, but they're like, there's no such thing as disfigured man. Um, you must've been imagining that. And so there goes the gaslighting. So I think they're just not investigating anything. People, people disappear bodies. So it wasn't like a top priority, but we do. uh I was just going to say that um, this is where we get an introduction that it's not just Vincent Price, because when they steal, uh, they steal the, the body, we see that it wasn't actually Vincent Price doing it. It was two other dudes that, that were there with him. So who are these two other dudes? We'll get introduced to them in a little bit. But mm-hmm. so I was thinking to myself, how does he get two other dudes to help him steal a body? Is that a thing? You just say, hey, you want to steal a body? Yeah, sure. Why not? Jobs. Hey, do you want to sh- steal a body? Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> it's like that. It was like people. in the town crier list instead of the Craigslist. You know, like, you know, that when you put an ad out for shady, need men for shady nefarious deals. Probably they have a criminal history or criminal past. Uh, one of them does not speak. That's Charles Bronson. And he, he didn't look. Yeah. Like, did they have? I don't know. I couldn't recognize him in the film. I had a really hard time. Like, Oh, looking that. back on it now. Yeah, it was him. Um, but they describe uh, Igor as being deaf and mute. Um but I'm telling you, sometimes he acted like he could hear what was going on around him. Maybe he just pretended to be deaf. That way he could be like, I'm going to listen water. to secrets. I'm going to listen to secrets. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only reason oh, he yeah. pretended. What? I just realized that he's giving him orders the whole yeah. time. But he's yeah. saying he can't. <laughs> I didn't get that until right now until you said that. But you're yeah, right. <laughs> Maybe so, they just assume back in that I'm I'm surprised they even used nice words in description of him because in the movies and back oh, then they yeah, were horrible. They used horrible uh-huh. words to describe deaf and and, and and mute people. But anyways, so mm-hmm. uh, we get introduced to Igor and I can't even remember the other guy's name. That feels so sad. Yeah, they, I don't the remember. other guy <laughs> did hear, he could talk, and he was again these associates that helped him rob bodies because that's the thing they rob um, they be be robbing bodies and then now we get an introduction to vincent price again as himself he doesn't go as around himself. for trying to pretend he's someone else he looks like his regular self but we know he was disfigured in the fire so what's going on here yeah we're gonna we're gonna see that later i like to, i like yeah. when i say we're gonna see that later we're that's gonna see that later we're yeah, gonna talk yeah. about that later but he, he has like a new partner he gets yeah. a new part well 
the guy from the beginning who came back, he did come back. This is what I like about this partner because that guy really liked Professor Jared, okay? He liked him so much. He loved his idea and his vision for this wax museum that three months later, he kept his word. I mean, back in the day, that's how I would have gotten out of going to people's houses. Oh, when once I reper- return from um, my visit upon my aunt's house in 200 days, I will come by your house. No, this dude was for real. He came back, invested, and they're going to make this huge wax museum together. But the partner is a legit guy. He's straight, you know. He's like, I'm not doing anything bad here. And But meanwhile, in, in the background, that's how Jared has gotten these two men. They're stealing bodies and basically dipping them in wax, which is just not going to work. No, it's not, but it's working. For the sake of the movie, it's fucking working. So he's making legitimate wax figures now, and he's using uh, bodies for, you know, like he actually waxes up his old partner that he killed. He fucking waxes him up. And he's right there, (laughs) plain as day, waxed in the wax museum and he finally embraces like the whole macabre side of it instead of being like before he considered himself a legit sculptor that was making this wax museum of history and all that now he's like making macabre shit and like this is the guy who was first electrocuted which is horrible he makes Mm -hmm. a wax waxed person of that That was real figure um, and so, and then he's using, he's, he's doing other macabre things and he's going around showing everybody this is that. And like, there was this funny scene where there was these three girlfriends that mm-hmm. are walking through and one of them ends up fainting at one of them. I can't remember at what, uh, what scenes or, uh, of macabreness she decided to, that she couldn't take anymore. And she faints and like smelling salts salts of course and they started using that with her because she just couldn't take it just just carrying it around adorable i thought that was a thing that i was going to encounter as a woman (laughs) thanks to movies the fainting thing i was like when am i gonna faint i'm i'm supposed to be overwhelmed at some point and faint or i'm pregnant therefore i faint the fainting thing did it really happen that often or is that something they just put in movies because I've never seen somebody faint just from being overwhelmed unless it's like a roller coaster. I mean, maybe it's, I mean, some people faint at the sight of blood and stuff like that. And, and uh, that's, but that's a legit, like, well, like I've seen that. This is just like they, they in the movies, they're always like, Oh, Oh, I mean, you know, I guess maybe these this women one was were funny, fainting. though. I mean, maybe these women were faking fainting so they can get out of something. It's like, Oh, I fainted. Oh, now I can't do that thing that you asked me to do <laughs> there you go why did we ruin that for us we could be doing that right now but in the movies too like they're they're people are passing out like uh you know when the exorcist came out these movies are coming out they're always like people were fainting and i'm waiting to see somebody faint in a movie and it's never happened to me so i just want to know is that something that really did happen or now we know that they ruined it for everybody we were getting away with that forever but we were this place is cool. I, I would go cool too. Yeah. to this wax museum and they had like the paddle ball guy who's trying yeah, to attract the people cryer there. out front. That was great. That dun, was dun, our dun. 3D guy. Yeah. Yeah. He was like that. The ball was coming like right in your face, you know, and the title of my next sex tape. <laughs> and then <Shut> um, <laughs> so they're, they're doing that. But the place is really badass. It's really mm-hmm. badass. Okay, so now this is Sue's shining moment because she's looking around and she's figured it out. She looks up and she sees her friend, the friend who was killed earlier and she found. She sees her as one of the wax figures. And the thing is, there was no kind of like her or maybe it was it, it, it looks like a, a, it resembles her a little bit. No. This was straight up her face. And she was like shocked to see her her dead friend up as a, who was she? Uh, Joan of Arc, as Joan of Arc. And so she brings it to the attention of her friend. She brings it up. And then Vincent Price comes over. It was like, oh, yeah, I use pictures of dead people 
to make my <laughs> he just says it he says yeah yeah I, I saw oh not only that but then he ends up saying later that they're allowed to see the bodies and I could totally see that like you know I'll give you I'll give you a, a, a penny and a nickel if I can go see uh, the body up there because um, <laughs> they he says they say that they go and look at the bodies and do sketches from the bodies mm-hmm. so yes like, he did what Okay, so but that's he, that's still disturbing. It that's is still disturbing because that's your your loved one, and this puts her completely on edge, and she is suspicious right away. Down to the earring thing, she only had one ear pierced. Why does the wax um, yeah. figure have one hole? That is bizarre. Yeah, and so she becomes instantly suspicious. But one thing we haven't mentioned is not only is. Vincent Price wearing something that makes himself look like how he did before he got burned. Um, His hands are severely burned. He can't use them anymore, which is why he says he uses his two assistants, but he is also using a wheelchair. So they don't see him walking around or anything. So immediately when these suspicions are brought up, it's like, but this man that he is, you know, obviously he's had a, um, a terrible accident. He's been, permanently injured he cannot walk he cannot use his hands so that makes him look innocent in the thing but working with two partners that doesn't eliminate the suspicion so obviously sue is very intelligent because okay so what he's uh he can't steal a body he has two people working for him so she brings her suspicions immediately to the police who investigate and they think also, the smart thing to do is let's investigate the extra two guys. But right now, he's been getting away with this for a little while in his awesome museum with all these badass wax figures and some of them. And then he puts his partner. Why would the partner be in there? Like, in this... <laughs> this used to be my partner. I have yeah. made it That's him. why. That's why it was weird that he straight up waxed his his partner and put him there so everybody could see. And that when he does say, I, and I guess for the uh, how the whole place is being marketed, it kind of makes sense that he would grab local tragedies and for his museum. But in this case, it's not just a wax figure; it's his his partner, and like that's how he's hiding. But here's the funny thing: is like. Those these two bodies specifically were stolen from the morgue. And yet here we see them. That right there would have been the most suspicious to me. Like, okay, these two bodies specifically, and now we see these two bodies specifically in your show. Yeah, not happening. But so he ends up, okay, so Sue's friend is also a sculptor, like a very talented sculptor. And fucking Vincent Price is like, ooh, I need more talented sculptors. Why don't you come by my office tomorrow and then we'll show off your sculptorness. And so the friend is like, oh, wow, that's so cool because Vincent Price is a very good sculptor. I'm going to go sculptor for him. So he goes and he starts sculpting <laughs> him for him. Um, mm-hmm. And this is where we get to know Igor a little bit more and other guy. I wouldn't be calling this poor guy other guy. <laughs> I feel so bad because he has Lewis. a name. I believe it was Lewis, but I'm just, I, I haven't, I hadn't, I can't remember why I didn't write it down, but I'm going to go with Lewis. But, but yeah, Lewis. so uh, uh, Sue's friend is very talented. They show him, I know that, that it's somebody else doing it, but they show him making mm-hmm. this, this, this head. It's not even a bust. It's just the head of someone. I can't forget who it was. And it looks so pained and all the detail going yeah. into it. And he's like really molding this clay in front of them. Um, and I was like, whoa, this dude's really good. No wonder he asked him to come over and work for him. I doubt he's going to have him work with the dead bodies. I was just thinking that to myself, like, no way he's going to bring him in on the bad side. He's only going to have him do like the real stuff um, or the real stuff could be the dead people. But anyway, yes. Um, we start seeing more of the nefariousness of Igor, the yeah. other guy, and Vincent Price, though. Um, they're, they're just bad it's evil. dudes. They're just it's evil. bad it, dudes. I think it shows how much he went from being this inspired artist who loves his work to if he loses his ability to sculpt, what is he going to do? He went through drastic um, measures to continue his work, but also had like this this rage but what's 
when we mentioned that fact that he has these bodies out in plain sight, that makes it even more evil. It's like the people who return to the scene of the crime. It's the people who keep trophies. It's so that they can relive the thing that they've done. And if you think about that, it's like, that's really deep. Like that is really messed up. He has completely spiraled down into this, um, you know, place where he's not gonna be able to get out of there. Like he, he's just going to get worse. He's stealing bodies. He murdered to get bodies because it didn't just, it wasn't just stealing the bodies and then having the sculptor here of the girlfriend, I mean, the boyfriend or friend of the woman who best friend is hanging up in the museum. That's so messed up. Uh, it's almost and like he has them there just so he can be laughing on the inside. Yeah, it's like it's beyond just like being evil. He's just like, exactly. He's he's in your face about it. Um, but specifically, he wants to use Sue for his uh, Marie Antoinette. Um, before his very first wax museum, he was talking about how he couldn't find the right face for her. Um, and he was like in love with his Marie Antoinette wax figure. And now he found the perfect face in Sue. Dun, dun, dun. So how is he planning to get away with this? It doesn't make sense. But anyways, so Sue comes back to the wax museum because she's supposed to meet up with her friend, the really good sculptor, remember him? Um, but the sculptor isn't there. It's just, well, she thinks she's alone, but only Vincent Price is there. Um, and she, you hear the dogs in the background, <laughs> my neighbor's dogs. Um, so she uh, sees the wax figure of her friend and she decides, I'm going to investigate a little bit further. So she goes up there and she starts like like touching the wax and it is wax, but she's investigating a little bit more. And then she pulls off the wig and she sees the blonde hair of her wig. Because if it was like a real wax uh, figure, why would he have had the blonde hair of the original girl? He wouldn't have. He would have just made no. the hair. Because in the beginning of the movie, he talked about how he would painstakingly put each hair into mm. each, into the the head so this was just a wig put over the woman's real hair so she figures it out mayhem ensues there's uh chasing there's looking at all the wax um, but during all this somebody got caught by the police well not caught they bro- got brought in for questions leon that's that his was, name. The yeah, other assistant. And that was other guy. And Alma, how did mm-hmm. they get? A, how did they get an inkling of who other guy was? Uh, they looked up his record. Like they bring him in to interrogate, and apparently he was he had been sober for some time, and they taunt him with alcohol. That's fucked up. That's fucked up. They like know that this guy. They've looked into him. They find some things that should he shouldn't have on his person, like a. Um, missing jewelry and whatnot and finally he gives it up like the information we've been stealing the bodies that he murdered blah 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 he gave it up so easily for a bottle of whiskey holy shit this guy is who you hired you have this He's a horrible partner in crime horrible yes! partner in crime <laughs> yes he gives he gives him up the, the de- detectives go down there and everything where where kathy and and they're all just uh, uh, uh fighting and there's they catch who was it? The sculptor apprentice. Yeah. So, and they were going to put him in the guillotine. Now this is, this is an interesting point. That guillotine was a real workable, usable, super sharp guillotine. For some reason, it never occurred to them to use a fake one, but that <laughs> actor who was, <laughs> it doesn't even make sense. Like, why would you have that? Um, the, uh, he is uh, Scott Andrews, the, the, uh-huh. the guy, the actor himself, Paul Persini, he didn't want to get in that guillotine. It made him Duh. very uncomfortable. <laughs> Look at it. It could any number of things could go wrong. And he's supposed to be saved at the last minute and pulled away, but he didn't want to do it. So they let him go. And, and but then they were like, oh, we're in the contract. We have to put this in the movie. So they have to call him back to do it. And so when that guillotine comes down, once they actually pulled him out and saved him, the cop saved him. It's like that could have killed him. That is, they don't, um, stunts, like. <laughs> yeah, no such thing as, as as doing stunts like the right way with stunt people and all that. Um, back in the day, I, I think there were actual stunt people. But in I yesteryear. Think for certain, certain, yeah, for certain movies. Who was that I actor? Think. He did all his own stunts and they were very dangerous things, but that was his thing. Like, 
technically you could call him a, a stunt actor because he did not only the acting, mm-hmm. but he did all of those very dangerous um, stunts. And they were like, he didn't want it to look fake. So that's what people want to do. They didn't want to look fake. Well, anyway, so they're, 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 they need to save Kathy. She has been nakeded and they're just, this would not work. You cannot pour hot boiling water on a person. That would have, that would have just destroyed her anyway. But he is putting her to sleep so that he could pour hot wax on her. Alive. And the wax is this, this, this it looked kind of like the stuff. Or did it kind of look like the stuff? Um, mm. I can't remember what the stuff looked like. But it was pink it's and white. bubbly. It's, it's pink. Oh, that's right. It was white. Why do I remember pink? Mm. Um, but it was pink and bubbly and thick. And I, I wonder what they were using. Because there was a lot of that shit that was going yes. on in this little area. But. Finally, the police storm in into the workshop, I guess that's what they're calling him. And uh, mm. Vincent Price is trying to fight them off. And there's like all this stuff. But what happens to poor, poor, poor Vincent Price in this in the movie? Alma? He is tossed into the giant vat of boiling over 450 degrees. I don't know what that means because I don't understand that. It's like beyond my, my grass into the wax. And then... that's where he drowns and burns hopefully just burns instantly but you know he's a bad guy so it's okay if he was like in pain for a little while right like exactly that's why i was making a joke like poor poor vincent price no he deserved it like i said he started out as as an okay dude but um he ended up killing innocent people well I don't know about the partner. The partner wasn't really innocent. Yeah, he deserved he, he it. He straight up thought he <laughs> murdered. But he was he murdered one innocent woman, the the poor friend, and he was going to he was about to kill Sue. And who knows how many other people he would have killed. So I mm. think the job well done police officers. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think well done. Did it. And then yeah. they have their meeting back where they do their movie wrap up. Yep. Way to go. And thanks for the coat and covering me up when I'm naked. I have all my clothes back on now. We're back in the station. Let's go home. And I don't know. That was, that was it. That was it. That was you know? of, our 3D, <laughs> of our 3D movie from 1953. 3D. Okay. So now talking about the 3D real quick. Um, mm-hmm. The... You remembered a chair or something being thrown in the very beginning fight yes. scene. Um, and the only you. other time that I remember 3D was when you had that crier out front who did the, the ping pong ball on the stick. Um, uh-huh. He did it towards the camera several times. But when he was doing it to other actors, well, at the time they were patrons, <laughs> but um, to the other patrons around him, he got that ball like really fucking close to their faces. Yeah. I would be like... <laughs> How are these people not freaking out and jumping back? I mean, is he, Fuck you. he was able to control, but he was able to control that ball. Really, He had three paddles. I think he had three paddles uh-huh. that he was working with. And he was able to control them really well so that, one, he didn't hit the camera. Two, he didn't hit the patrons or the actors that were around him. And then three, he was able to get them into his mouth. He got all three balls into his mouth. Tyler makes a tape. <laughs> So that was our movie. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, I okay. I had my favorite 3D moment. Okay, go ahead. Okay, go ahead. because they were on a not date because this is her friend. He took her to a club where the, they were having the dancers, the fancy dancers, where they had the bloomers on under their skirts. And dude, that was exercise. That dance went on a long time. I was, I like, was Can thinking you the ma- same thing. How are these women not taking a break? They were doing can dancing. Yes. And- Oh, my Lord. So they're doing the dancing. And I think they put that in there very specifically for this 3D part. Because at one point, the late one of the ladies turns around, lifts up her dress and her butt. <laughs> they, they, I um, forgot about put, that. But her pantaloons, I don't know what pantaloons are, bloomers, whatever bloomers, the hell. Yeah. yeah, her bloomers, bloomers, uh, right into the camera's face. So that was their 3D shot. Of her butt. So I there you completely go. Forgot, I completely forgot about that. And yes, I could totally see that being a 3D thing where um where her pantaloon covered butt was in the camera. Okay, so now we must talk about it. Just a little bit, not a lot. So how does this movie compare, Alma, to the House of Wax of 2005? Other than well, it being called House of Wax. <laughs> yes, it is. It's very... The, the wax, of course, but it is definitely 
uh, the remake not in keeping with the tone of this one. It definitely was more in keeping with the tone of Tourist Trap, um, which I'm sure a lot of you have seen. And that one, because people were were there was a group of people that showed up in the house they find the the things and everything that was like the newer remake with um you know in the 2005 remake so it was very bizarre it, it, they took the name they took the fact that there was a wax museum the wax museum though in the remake is the most boring one though because it's just people hanging out like i don't want to go to a wax museum this wax museum was badass it was yeah you know the original had it had a theme murder death um that was something that you would stand around and listen to people talk about who would go visit that wax museum in the way in in the remake oh come watch somebody sit at a piano come watch somebody dancing it, it they may have looked good but also the wax, the whole fact that the whole building was made of wax was so bizarre. It and, made and no sense. Trust me, yeah. I ain't knocking it so much because I love to watch the remake. I love it. It is fun. It is strange. And it is just, you know, I like it. But the thing is, it is not in keeping with the tone of the original at all. And well, they took the mask thing. Because obviously he yeah. was wearing a wax mask, Vincent Price, to mm-hmm. look like himself. In, yeah. And then the remake, the the one man is wearing the mask to cover up. But, you know, that's pretty much where the similarities lie. I don't remember anything else. That no, could have I been. agree. I 100% mm-hmm. agree with you. Although, even though I will talk shit about House of Wax, the 2005 version, I fucking love watching it. It's so ridiculous. Uh, and it has Paris Hilton in it. And I just love, I love making fun of it, but I also love loving it because it's so ridiculous. It's so fun. And, um, and like Alma said, all those things, um, the house being completely made of wax in the 2005 version, that was dumb. I mean, like, why are you going to do that? Like a single flame took it out. Like single flame yes! took the whole thing the out. The way it melted. And yeah. I think that they got that, like they, the, the, the melting too, because in the original, this one, the 53, it, the way it melts is so interesting to watch. So they did that and they went big with it in the remake, which is one of the greatest scenes, the way that they're climbing through all that melted wax. But the logistics of having the giant building made out of it was just, it was overkill, you know? And the the mask thing, I think it was great to have the twist yeah. where they had, oh, it's two killers, not just yeah. one. But it, it really did not steal, but was more, I think, in like inspired by the tourist trap. Exactly. Of, exactly. of kids showing up and, and busying themselves up somewhere where they don't belong. Therefore, they deserve to die. <laughs> Um, okay, and we also have an episode on the 2005 House of Wax in our first season. So if you want to listen to that, we had yeah. we had lots of fun discussing that one. If I remember mm-hmm. to, I will put a link in our show notes because um, my memory these days is just really crappy. I'll write that down right now. But um, all right, so that was House of Wax, the 1953, was it? 1953. Uh, movie and uh if y'all haven't watched it well we just ruined it for you (laughs) but if you have watched it let us know what uh you thought about it in on our socials alma can you tell people where they can find us i'll do my best to to recall our socials because it's been a while but you can find us on our website nightmaremoviepodcast.com our instagram is the same at nightmare movie podcast our twitter is at nightmare on fifth that's nightmare on five th um we also have horrormovieblog.com and our twitter is at horrormovieblog that's where you can read reviews um movies we've seen listicles anything fun fun over there Mm -hmm. and dahlia has our patron and patreon and buy me a coffee information Okay, so our Patreon is patreon.com slash nightmare movie podcast. Um, we have uh, a few levels of um, patron status, I guess you call it, <laughs> over there, which includes... Patrons. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, Pizza Patron. Have you heard of them? Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, yeah. It's actually, it's actually decent pizza. 
Um, <laughs> anyway, so we also have a buymeacoffee.com slash nightmare movie pod. And whatever way you decide to support us, we truly appreciate it. If you'd like to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or on our website, like Alma said, just head over to our website at nightmaremoviepodcast.com or hit that little button, write a review there on Apple Podcasts. And I guess that's everything. That was House of Wax, 1953. All right, everybody, until next week. Bye.